This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 71. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Hello, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast recently. And also a lot of the stuff I've been um, doing on the blog recently. A lot of you guys have been in touch to say how, how useful it is, which is fantastic. Um, if you're listening to this at, at some point in the future and you like to to check out that stuff, then just head over to, to the IWillTeachYouALanguage.com uh, blog and do a search for study routine and you'll find a bunch of stuff that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm writing there about the way that I'm studying languages, what I'm doing every day. So let me thank the sponsors of the show first, italki, where you can get the most convenient possible language lessons whenever you need them with whatever language that you are studying. And you can get a free lesson as well by going to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, today we've got a great question from Nicole who talks about Japanese, a question that came in by email. And Nicole asks, at what point in the Japanese learning journey should you seek a teacher? I've learned hiragana and katakana on my own fairly easily. But everything else about Japanese seems a little daunting and it's hard to know where to begin. I'm just working on learning kanji at the moment, but I can only read a few symbols. But I don't know the kunyomi or the onyomi of those or anything. Should I just keep trying to remember to recognize the first set of kanji or get a teacher to direct my studies more? In any case, I want to get into the language itself rather than just memorizing a few beginner or survival sentences. Okay, Nicole, thank you very much. For the question, and I really resonate with this because I um, also speak Japanese, as you know, and I went through exactly the same feeling of, of thinking, "Wow, this is really daunting." You know, there's so much here, and, and one of the issues with, that you've got with Japanese is it's very, very different from from English, much more so than other languages. You know, in many other languages, you've got some points of comparison, not really so in Japanese, apart from, you know, the occasional English loan word. So, well, first of all, congratulations on learning hiragana and katakana by your, by yourself. Um, it is fairly straightforward to do it, but a lot of people do struggle. So that's great that you've done that. Now, obviously, the next logical step is to go ahead and learn kanji, right? Except you know, the difference is that you've got 50 or so um, hiragana and katakana to learn but many thousands of kanji to learn. So it's not uh, very straightforward to do. Now, I'm going to give you my approach to this, and it might not be the same as everybody else's, but um, I'll tell you what worked for me. And I would strongly recommend that you do not spend a lot of time on kanji at this stage. Now, the reason is, well, there are many reasons, actually, but so let me go through them. First of all, if you start down the road of, of trying to learn all the kanji, you, you know, by the time you come up for air, you know, a year will have gone by and, you know, it's very, very, very time consuming. And the only way that you can really learn kanji as a beginner is by learning them by rote. So you will have to be using things like flashcards to to test yourself on these individual kanji. You might let use some kind of um, mnemonics or, or visual cues to... Um, to, to remember them. But see, whatever whatever way you go about learning the kanji, what's going to happen is you're going to be learning them as isolated things, as isolated meanings. And that's not the way to learn any language, but particularly not Japanese. Because what happens is that the, the kanji always adapt and change when you start to use them in words and in, you know, in, in context. So 
you know, what will happen is you will end up, it's like, it's a, it's equivalent to being able to spell every word in the English language without actually knowing what the words mean. And for me, you've, there is a, there is a, a bigger imperative. There's a, there's a much more important thing that you need to do as a beginner, which is to actually build your vocabulary. All right. I, I remember when I was living in Japan, I'd sit on the train in Tokyo going to work and I'd just drill myself on these kanji and I'd learn all these kanji, but I'd very quickly forget them because I'd have no way to apply them. If you, kanji are very complex, uh, not only in terms of actually writing the things, but in actually using them as well. As you identify, they've got the kunyomi and the onyomi. And I know what it's like when you're looking at these kind of kanji lists. They've got all these different readings and you're kind of thinking to yourself, well, how on earth can I remember all these different readings? And the answer is you don't have to. You can quite easily get to a very good level in spoken Japanese, for example, without knowing a lot of the kanji and all the different pronunciation. And what happens is that as you speak more and as you use the Japanese language more, you start to you start to get to know these different readings of the kanji and the different pronunciation anyway. And you get to do it naturally, which is a far better way of doing it. So the thing that you need to do, it really, it comes... Honestly, it comes back to the advice that I, I give for every other language. And it's, it's even more so, it's even more important um, for, for Japanese because the way that Japanese teachers tend, tend to teach you Japanese, the way that textbooks will guide you, the way that a lot of the kind of mainstream Japanese as a foreign language education out there is, is basically, you know, it teaches you the stuff like an academic subject. Let's learn all the kanji now. Let's learn all these grammar patterns and, oh, you know, you can do it that way, but it's it's very, very inefficient because you're you're just not getting everything in context. So what you need to do is to start to listen to loads of dialogues. You need to listen to Japanese and you need to learn the vocabulary that comes from that uh, in context. And you need to learn the kanji that comes within that in context as well. That's what's going to um, not only improve your vocabulary and, and help you to speak the language better... But it's going. But the, the kanji that you learn and the vocabulary that you learn within those dialogues is going to stick much more because it's within a story and it's within a context, right? And that's how we learn languages. So that's you know the the other thing about that is it means you don't get bogged down in textbooks because the other thing is I, I'm, I'm really sorry to say, but a lot of Japanese textbooks out there are, are terrible. Not only are they too structural and they try and teach you in a too academic way. But they also look very, they're very unuser friendly, not very nice to read. And I really struggled with Japanese textbooks as a whole. So, you know, I really would recommend that you go down the route of finding a lot of nice, rich Japanese dialogues that you can read the text, that you can listen to, you can read the text, you can read the translation. And then um, you can really, like you, you said to me, you want to get into the language itself rather than just memorizing sentences, right? Well, this is the way to do it. You know, expose yourself to the real thing. Now, uh, if you if you uh, if you're in Japan, or maybe you've got lots of Japanese friends, maybe you can go out and get lots of exposure to Japanese in a spoken way. That's cool. That's brilliant if you can. Most people can't, though. So, you know, what I would recommend is to get some some resources, and I'll mention some of them at the end. Um, some resources that have lots of dialogues that are appropriate for your level, whether you're still beginner or whether by now you've progressed and you're you're a slightly higher level, whatever it is, find texts that you can read and listen to at the same time. Study those, start to get to know Japanese that way. And I guarantee you, you will start to, um, to, to, to learn much more deeply and much more effectively. Okay. Now you also asked, do you need a teacher? 
And for all the <laughs> for all the reasons I gave, I would say no, honestly, because what's going to happen with a teacher is they're going to guide you down this pre-prepared, pre-prepared path of learning kanji, of studying grammar. And, you know, it just... I understand why they do it. You know, it's easy to teach that way. It makes logical sense, right? Except that, you know, you you will fall into this trap of studying, 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 and never really making any progress. So, I I wouldn't say that you need a teacher right now. You need a teacher generally. I think when you really stop being able to make progress on by your by yourself and under your own steam. But what you definitely could benefit from is a tutor that you can practice speaking with. Okay, and um. You'll be aware of Italki because I mention them a lot here. It's really the best place to do it if you're not in Japan,、um, because you can get, you can just practice Japanese from home as many times as you want,、uh, and that is, you know, if you if you start speaking,、uh, yeah, it's tough at first, but you can quickly start to to learn words and phrases that you can use over and over again, and. A tutor who knows that you are interested in speaking can just do that with you. They can just speak with you.、Um, make sure to tell them you don't want them to teach you. You just want to practice.、Um, help, help suggest things to say, ways to say things better. Check your pronunciation, and just help you build your conversation muscle. All right. So at the end of the episode, I'll leave you. I'll give you some、uh, some my specific recommendations for resources for. For listening for that, but I hope that's helpful. I hope that kind of gives you a bit of、uh, clarity over how to go about approaching Japanese because it is a tough language, and you do need to have you do need to be self-directed and to really you know spend your time on the things that really matter and not follow a lot of the standard advice out there. I think. Okay, so I so yeah, I hope that's helpful, Nicole. Thank you very much for your question. If you'd like to ask me a question, then please head over to iwillteachyouallanguage.com forward slash Ask. I love to get questions, and I'm looking for more at the moment. So you can pull out your phone or open up your computer and do that right now.、Uh, in fact, why don't you make that your Christmas present to me? Leave me, leave me, a, leave me a question, a voice question for the podcast, so I can, I can keep、uh, answering your questions that way. Now, at the end of every episode, I also like to leave you with lots of resources on the topic of the show, and、uh, especially for Nicole here, I'm going to leave you my my very. Favorite Japanese resources and the ones that will help someone in Nicole's position really start to listen to real Japanese and to to learn that way. The first thing I'm going to recommend、uh, is JapanesePod101.com because they、um, they have a, a lot of dialogues and a, a lot of stuff to listen to, and they you know the, the great thing about their service is that you not only get the dialogues to listen to. But if you get the premium version of their of their software, then you actually get the the dialogue written down, and you've got clickable audio, so you can go through and break it down word by word and listen to the every line of the dialogue over and over. It's extremely useful.、Uh, I've used them to learn to learn、um, Japanese and Cantonese as well, and I've actually written a guide to getting the most out of this. So if you, I'll put the link to all these things in the show notes, okay? Which will be at iwillteachyouallanguage.com episode seventy、uh, one. Now I've written a guide about making the most out of JapanesePod101.com. So if you if you go over to the show notes, which I just mentioned, then follow the link there. That will give you information about how to how to sign up for JapanesePod101 and how to get my guide as well,、um, which really shows you how to make the most out of the service because it, it's、uh, it, it is it is fantastic, but you do need to approach it in in the right way to make the most out of it. The next thing I recommend is FluentU, and FluentU is great because again you've got Videos and lots of people love videos. 
give you lots of real life practice in in speaking in in speaking in <laughs> watching videos and listening and they also give you the transcript so again that's great for someone like Nicole who wants to really get into the the real language the other thing i'd recommend is a is a guide um by a a language blogger called John Fotheringham and he's written a guide called master japanese and the the great thing about this guide is that when you get to the point where you want to learn kanji he breaks it down in the best way i've ever seen um so when you decide that you do want to start really learning kanji you must pick up a copy of this guide and he also gives you lots of in inside the guide he gives you lots of resources for finding natural japanese to listen to radio stations podcasts and things like that all right so these three resources uh that's you know if i was learning japanese from scratch they're the only three resources that i'd use and I'll put a link to all of those in the show notes, which will be at IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash episode 71. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that's helpful, Nicole, and I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.